As John the Baptist was preaching one day, he saw Jesus coming over the hill, and he said to those listening to him, possibly thousands of people, look, some translations have, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. To the Jewish people, that tied who this Jesus was to something that had taken place in their history long ago, the great Passover lamb that had to be sacrificed. And that's an example of what we call a typological prophecy, a foreshadowing prophecy of an actual event in Old Testament history that now would have meaning and purpose beyond just that historical event because of its connection to Christ. The text that we have in front of us today, I'm just going to read portions from chapter 14 of, of Exodus, is similar to that in that same sense. This is a typological prophecy. It's a real historical actual event in the history of the children of Israel as they leave, leave uh, Egypt. And at the same time, it has tremendous practical uh, everyday application for us as Christians and the Church of God throughout all time as a foreshadowing or a typological prophecy for us. So we hear the reading of some of the first verses from Exodus chapter 14. And this is now as the children of Israel has, have left slavery in Egypt. So Pharaoh prepared his chariot and took his troops with him. He also took 600 of the best chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites. The Israelites were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his charioteers and his army, caught up with them where they were camping by the sea. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Now, it's interesting to try to envision this, this situation. Potentially as many as a million, probably at least a half million children of Israel leaving Egypt and fleeing now. They've, they've left the country late at night and gone out now into the wilderness. And they are trapped by the waters in front of them, mountains on one side, and this enormous pursuing army coming after them, probably the largest army of the world at that time. We're told that they were carrying along with them the bones of Joseph. Isn't that interesting? The Old Testament patriarch Joseph, um, that they had his bones with them. The church of God carries their own with them as they flee now to the promised land. And when we analyze, and I'm sure when they themselves that day analyzed their, their own situation, it, it appeared rather hopeless. And maybe that's how we, when we analyze the death that's all around us in the world. And the fact that even though we're young right now, looking ahead, we know what's going to happen to all of us. We have graveyards all around us. It all can sometimes seem so hopeless. Sometimes it, it seems like a non-resolvable issue for us uh, to have this horrible enemy in front of us. The children of Israel, in fact, cry out to Moses, did you bring us out here just to die? But Moses says to them, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord he will, that he will bring you today. You need only to be still. So what's going to happen is purely by God's doing. And that's the same message that, that God's word tells us as Christians today when we think about the fear of death in front of us. 
Just be still. Just wait on it. God is the one that's going to take care of us for it. Take care of this for us. Let's keep reading. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the salvation from the Lord, which he will perform for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You must wait quietly. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to set out. As, you lift up your, as, as for you, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide the sea so that the Israelites can go through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all night long the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned the sea into dry land. The waters were divided. It's just even as little children, when you'd hear this story, trying to picture what this was like, just this powerful wind pushing the, pushing the waters back to form this dry path through the seabed. The Israelites went into the middle of the sea on dry ground. The waters were like a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them and all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his charioteers went after them into the middle of the sea. Just think what a, what a picture this. It's hard for me to imagine being a kid at this time going with your family off into this now dry path in front of you with water, walls of water on each side, maybe as who knows how high, maybe even as high as the walls of this sanctuary, something you had just seen as a sea before you, and now here you are going through on, on dry ground. And I know for myself, as I waded through that, I probably would have been thinking, can I really trust that this is going to stay this way? Can I really trust that this is a path of safety for me? That's kind of a picture for God's church in this world right now when we look ahead at the prospect of death and putting our trust and hope in the promises that God has given us in Christ as the great answer to that enemy of death. But maybe we sometimes look at it and think, can I really trust this? Can I really rely on God's power to defeat death for me as I go toward my grave. Jesus says to us very simply, he who, is, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And logically, when we look at that promise, it, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to us. And so death is still for us today like this great enemy that stares us in the faith, face. And, and yet God has taken has taken what appears to be death in front of us and behind us and turned it instead to our advantage, turned it into something that's going to benefit us. And so we, we walk towards our graves with this wonderful hope in mind because of what Christ has done. And faith, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You and I cannot yet see how the waters are going to part when we go into our grave so that we can come out on the other side. But the empty tomb of Christ, the empty tomb of our Lord Jesus Christ is the wonderful promise God has shown us that we will be safe on the other side. Let's keep reading. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea and the waters will come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their charioteers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and at daybreak the sea returned to its normal place. 
While the Egyptians were fleeing from it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the middle of the sea. The waters came back and covered the chariots and the charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh that went into the sea after the Israelites. Not even one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the middle of the sea on dry land, and the waters were like a wall for them on their right and on their left. On that day, the Lord saved Israel from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Just imagine walking along the water that day and seeing floating bodies. This, this great enemy that, that was pursuing you, that had maybe caused you such fear and trepidation. Now you were stepping over their bodies as they were floating dead in the water. What a, what a picture for us of the triumphant church of Christ and his believers who on the final day will be stepping over the dead corpses of unbelievers, faithfully holding on to the promise of Christ that will get us through the passageway of death to our future home in heaven. St. Paul says this, Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. When we hear stories like this of God's deliverance for his faithful people, it's been written for us to learn from it, for our own spiritual lives, for how we look at life, so that it can be a comfort to you, and especially so that you can have hope. I want to read a paragraph from a man by the name of Martin Franzman. He says, That tremendous event, okay, the parting of the Red Sea, was to stand as a constant reminder that God's kingdom, his church, would always be embattled, never at rest because of the hostile forces arrayed against it, but it was also to stand as the guarantee of this truth, the faithful Lord would always intervene to check and crush all enemies and to give his own victory. Thanks be to God. In this week, we kind of celebrate a mini Easter. Because of COVID hitting when it did, a lot of us, not only here on campus, but in our local churches, didn't get a chance to celebrate Easter. This is our week. This is our mini Easter week. And we're going to be celebrating Easter this week, in a sense, through many of our readings and prayers and, uh, and the hymns that we will be singing as well. Thanks be to God for that great victory.